Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sons of Sequoia podcast, episode 26, 25, what? 27. 27? Is it 27 already? It's SOS, here we go, whatever it is. What if you have Trump's idol? Oh, my goodness. Trump's golden idol. Did you see this? Have you seen this? Oh, show me, David. This is crazy. This is... Okay. Wow, wow, wow. This is great. Um, let's see here. What 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 world are we living in? Uh, under what sky are we under? Let me just col- close all the. Uh, I'm gonna close all the tabs that I had open real quick. I'm trying a new browser today, so bear with me if I do have a few technical difficulties. Um, growing pains, right? As we try to make yeah, this right. as good as possible, there's going to be some days where it's not as good as possible. That's uh, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but the best advice that you can give someone or that you can receive when you want to improve at something is practice, right? Yeah, and a, just do it. A lot of people, they want a shortcut. They want a life hack. They want five quick tips to make you way better at streaming. Ten quick tips to make you way better at podcasting. But really, you know what those quick tips are? I think those quick tips are you and I, every day, or every weekday, <laughs> doing a podcast for an hour, making those mistakes, realizing what works and what doesn't work, iterating and improving. And that's my soapbox for today. That's a good lesson for everybody to remember. If you want to learn how to do something, just do it and see what happens, man. Just start. Just start doing it. And don't be afraid of failure. That's the best teacher. Um, so should we take a look at Trump's golden calf? First of all, what is CPAC? CPAC is the Conservative Political Action Conference. And it's going on now. And there are some crazy stuff going on this morning. I know that this is a later podcast. We usually go on in the mornings. It's the afternoon. And I think we'll make it shorter, but we should make it all about CPAC. How does that sound? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. The Conservative Political Action Group. It is. It is. Let's get a picture of Trump's golden calf pulled up. There, there it is. Golden calf. <laughs> There's his golden calf right there. Right. Yep. Now on Thursdays, now on Thursdays, which was just yesterday, we talk about the Gospels, about the Gospel Project, the Gospel in the Bible, mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, uh, and we'll do Luke and John next week. But the thing of it is, is back in Exodus, they had a golden calf, and God said, "Why are you, wor- <laughs> why are you worship worshiping this golden calf?" Right? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what you're saying. This is a golden calf for crying out loud. So they don't see Trump as a as a president. No, they see him as a demagogue. It's a, he's an idol. He's their idol. He's an idol. It's an idol thing. It's not, you know, and that's, that's, whoa. And who's doing it? The right wing, the evangelicals. Wow. You I know, think, do they, do they even read the Bible? I don't know. Wow. I mean, of course, this isn't. Obviously, let's take a let's let's be honest with each other here. Take okay. a look at this. It's Trump, but he's wearing yeah. American flag shorts and flip flops. Yeah. And I think there's an argument to be made that it's supposed to be funny. It's not a golden idol that they worship. And perhaps whoever made it made it so they would get the headline. They built a golden calf to Trump. These evangelicals don't know what they're talking about. Where the evangelicals will there will say it was clearly a joke. He's wearing, you know, board shorts and flip flops, and you guys are just taking it too seriously. That's that's a possibility, don't you think? Uh no. <laughs> I think I think it's an argument. They'll say that. They don't mean that. In other words, I think I saw one comment. They said, "Oh, yeah, that was that was uh, 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 they was probably presented as uh, as ironic." 
that it wasn't accepted as ironic. Yeah. They'll, they'll laugh at it and go, oh, yeah, that's funny. That's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool, though. Why? Because that's how I see Trump. I see him as a demagogue. I don't see him as just, just a candidate because whatever he says is right. Whatever he says goes. He's the only one who can save us. That's not a politician. That's true. That's a demagogue or that's a god. And actually, David, yesterday we saw in, in uh, I think, Mark, uh, someone tried to test Jesus, you know. Yes. And he said, what, what's the greatest commandment? And what did Jesus say? He said, the greatest commandment is the first commandment. The first commandment is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, because from and that... So what's it? Go ahead. From that, all other commandments stem. And so what is a God? It's someone that you see to lead you into everything. In other words, they don't see Trump as just a leader. They don't see him as a politician. They don't see him as president. They see him as, and they say this on, on, on they say, as a savior. They say they see him as he's the one who's going to save us from all evil. That's what, they, that's what QAnon says. Mm -hmm. All evil, right? That's not a politician. That's a demigod. That's a god. Uh, let's okay? find... Um... That's my two cents, David. <laughs> let's let's rewatch this. Uh, do you want to rewatch something? Is that okay? Absolutely. Go for it. All right. Oops. Hold on. I'll get this. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. We've seen this before. Oh yeah. <laughs> President Trump. <laughs> If you see this, please save us. <laughs> I don't even see our American flag anymore. Biden's talking with some kind of crazy flag. This is America. This is our land. Please, President Trump. Please, please, I hope you have a plan. God, please save us. Save us from the devil, please. <laughs> Y'all about to have a panic attack. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Uh, President Trump, Notice, please save us. God, please save us. Notice what she said. Save us. Who saves you, God? <laughs> and she even said, God, save us. Okay, now we're, we're reading into it. And she was, she was obviously emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the point. She was emotional for Trump, for Trump, yeah, to save her, right? I think and there there is some. That's not a politician. There's some legitimacy to saying he has a godlike stature within the party. Mm -hmm. uh, because people, we've saw other videos where they say, "Well, Trump said this and this and this and uh, that." Oh well, maybe so, but it's maybe wrong. But whatever he says, I believe, you know. So they don't they don't really they don't really use his logic. They don't use his 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 arguments. They don't use his uh, falsehoods. They say whatever he whatever he says is truth. If they see his words like uh, insp like the inspired Bible, the Bible is inspired. Mm -hmm. The Word of God is inspired. The word of Trump is inspired. Please, God, save us. And what he says is true. He says, no, I can show you that it's false. You're wrong. It's false. It's false news. It's true. Mm -hmm. It's truth. It's not true. It's truth. Yeah. I, I heard, and I'm trying to find Ted Cruz's comments today. I'll play it. I don't know, because it's a 16-minute video, so I don't want to play it. I have a 30-minute clip of it. I'll see if that one is. Should should we try the 30, 30 second clip? I mean, is sure. that okay? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's try it. Let's see it. Let's see what it says. Okay. The Republican Party. 
is not the party just of the country clubs. The Republican Party is the party of steel workers and construction workers and pipeline workers and taxi cab drivers and cops and firefighters and waiters and waitresses and the men and women with calluses on their hands who are working for this country. That is our party and these deplorables are here to stay. That's not the clip I wanted. The clip I wanted is when he said, the 75 million people that voted for Trump are ready to go to war for him and they're not going anywhere. That's mm. what he said. And it's like, yeah. uh, it seems a little tone deaf after what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. But then again, it is Ted Cruz. He made a joke also- today. He said, oh, it's nice to be in Orlando. Orlando's a great place. Not quite as nice as Cancun. That was the joke that Ted Cruz made. And people are like, yeah, ha, 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 except people in Texas died. People in Texas lost everything. People in Texas have $15,000 energy bills. And you're making jokes about it? Seems a little tone deaf. And he's talking about the people, the people he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Look at the Democratic uh, uh, policies and bills and look at the Republican policies and bills. And it's opposite of what he's saying. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how you can say things, not appeal to a person's logic or knowledge or even intelligence, and everybody's smart, mm-hmm. but appealing to their emotion. And he says, I like that, not because of what he said, but because of how he said it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to believe it. But, wow. And that's the same with Trump. But I think there's a, a definite... You know, we're the salt of the earth. We're the uh, we're the party of, you know, the good old boys in middle America. And the interesting thing is, if you look at the, like you said, look at the policies. Well, economic policies, pro-unionization, um, you know, using the federal government to supply goods and services that the free market really can't or shouldn't. Like, for example, energy in Texas, where people's energy bills are $10,000 after their pipes froze because they didn't have energy. That's like insult to injury. It's like if your cable went out for the whole month and then you get your cable bill and it's $10,000. It's like, that doesn't seem right, you know? Uh, But, I mean, market policies do favor, I think, you know, salt of the earth workers. But there's two ways that you can divide a populace. And... The Republican Party has always been very astute that you do it on moral issues. We don't want abortion. Um, we don't want uh, gays and lesbians in the military, uh, transgender bathrooms, transgenders, uh, tra- transgendered individuals shouldn't be allowed to use the bathroom of the gender that they identify with. Well, that issue especially is so inconsequential compared to 20 million Texans have a $10,000 energy bill, but it is consequential in terms of how do you represent a position that doesn't represent these people? Well, you bring them to your side with moral issues. And I think that's been the strategy for a long time, at least since the the Bush era. That's when I studied politics. And it was when Bush won in 2004 and he beat John Kerry, they said, we won on moral issues. It was about... um, you know, defense of marriage. They didn't want to allow a gay couple to be married because we want to defend traditional values. We want to defend marriage. It was, we want to overturn Roe versus Wade. Abortion is morally wrong, and we want to advocate for policies that don't allow abortion. Now, at the same time, we want to give huge tax cuts to billionaires and do and slash social programs that help the little guy. But is your head at, can you get emotional about government spending and programs that may benefit you? Or would you be more likely to get emotional about a moral issue that you feel is that party's on the side of morality that I identify with? It's fascinating. I think it's fascinating because whether you agree with it or not, whether you agree with the moral issue or not, you're going to agree with it because you can be emotional. Mm-hmm. A lot of time you ask ask the people, oh, I believe this. Oh, 
really? Could you really articulate that belief? Could you explain what you believe? I believe it's true. Well, why do you believe it's true? They can't. Mm -hmm. It's not about the issue. It's about about it's not about the moral issue. It's about something they could be emotional over. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating because it works. Yeah, it works. Can you can you hear me? OK, David, I can. Why? I have a delay. Oh, you have a, your video is delayed or my video is delayed about a second, about a second and a half, two seconds uh, on the broadcast. It looks great. Let me see the I'll take a look at the stream okay. real quick. I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> doable. Oops. Uh, yeah. So I think it's fascinating. Wow. This CPAC stuff is fascinating. And I do think that if you believe, and this is the fascinating thing to me also, small government, you know, the government shouldn't meddle in our business. That's sort of the, what the Republicans sell to, to people. You know, we're going to slash regulations. We're going to have the private sector take care of everything. We're going to uh, lower taxes and cut uh, funding for social programs. And that's the way we see forward. We're going to let the market determine people's futures. But what's interesting is, would limited government actually, if you believed in limited government, would you also believe that if something is morally wrong, people should just not do it? It shouldn't be prohibited by the government, right? Yeah, they're talking about. Yeah, they're talking about both sides of the mouth. Like I made this argument in college, and people did not like it. But <laughs> because it's logical, and you can't, you have the only way to argue against that point is with emotion. Yeah. Ah, I don't like it. Well, okay, whether you like it or not, explain why that's not true. Mm -hmm. Explain the illogic. Explain the fallacy, the logical fallacy of that, and they cannot. Yeah. So what do they resort to? Emotion. Well, in college, you know, Bush, he was big on the Defense of Marriage Act. And I said, you know, I would say that the Republicans, they're all about lowering taxes. And if you don't allow gay people to marry, you are not allowing a significant portion of the population to file their taxes jointly. You're going against your own platform. <laughs> so you should allow gay marriage as an economic issue. And they said, that's never going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, but doesn't it follow? Isn't it? consistent ideologically with your platform to make that argument. And on some level, do you feel that it is? Ideologically, you can make that argument. But why do they not do that? Because they get in office because of emotional moral issues. Mm -hmm. It's the moral issues that get them there. And those more and not the so they will they will go the moral issue route so that they can have a platform for their economic policies and the economic policies would get money uh, for the uh, top down so that they can they can promote the moral issues. Yeah. And uh, they, don't, they don't. And by the way, Trump has illustrated vividly, vividly demonstrated <laughs> the moral issues are not moral. No, they're you not pay, moral at all. You pay lip service to them. They're not. And they say he's our savior. Oh, yeah, well, the golden calf is, he didn't do that. But the point about the, the well, the, what did I say, golden calf? Uh, do you know the story of the golden calf where yeah. Moses went up into the mountains and while he was gone, everyone turned away from God and they say, we need a God to worship. So they built a golden calf and worshiped the golden calf. When Moses came down off the mountain, he had the Ten Commandments that God wrote that God wrote on the on the tablets, as mm -hmm. the story goes. And so he says, you people are worshiping this idol. The first commandment says, don't worship idols. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you're doing. And so he broke the commandments because he was angry. And he, and he broke it up. Okay? So what do we see with that, that golden idol? 
I think you we break the first commandment. I think we saw what we saw with the eighth commandment. <laughs> which which commandment did he not break? Let's see here. <laughs> um, if Trump is, let's you bring, know, the, bring up the ten, bring what? up the ten commandments. Let's just let's just ask. You know, they Trump is their leader, and they are the party of evangelical Christianity. So I'm yes. just going to ask Google, what is the eighth commandment? I'm about to hit okay. enter. Can you see my screen? I see the the uh, YouTube. Yeah, I'm about to hit enter because I typed it into Google. Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, eighth commandment. Oh, no, it's thou shalt not steal. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pull up all the Ten Commandments. You're right. Let's pull up all Ten Commandments. Pull them all up, man. And let's just go down them. They got to be listed somewhere. Oh, that's in that's in there. I I meant the seventh. They they're they're uh, their demagogue what? paid off a porn star. Is this right? Yeah. Well, they, they, they've, there's got to be a better list than that. Should I just find it uh, just, in the Bible? Just, well, you, yeah, the Bible lists it. Yeah, in Exodus 20, is it? Uh, let's see. In Exodus. I have the Bible on my computer. I know it. Let me find. I think it's somewhere around Exodus 20. I think I can search the Bible. I was right. Exodus, Exodus 20. I was right. So many decades ago, Exodus 20. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yeah, Exodus 20, verses 1. It, it doesn't list them. He actually states them. Okay, let me find it. Exodus 20. Now, there should be there should be a list somewhere, though. Uh, second book of Moses is called Exodus. That's true. The second book of the Pentateuch. Second book of the Pentateuch. That rhymes, Mikey. Well, because it's Pentateuch. Took is Hebrew for Bible. Penta is five. I think it's Hebrew. Maybe it's maybe it's Latin. Here we oh, go. there it is. Number one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So obviously, Dang. the party of evangelical Christianity we would construct a golden idol to worship at their uh, conference. Yeah, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. You don't kid about those things. Two. Thou shalt, thou shalt not make <laughs> to the any graven no. image. Or anything like of anything that is in heaven above, earth below, or water under the anything. Don't make a graven image to worship it. <laughs> number two. Okay. Number three. Oops. Thou shalt not thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Visit the iniquity of another. So uh, uh, thou should not bow down before them, nor serve them. President Trump, save me. <laughs> save me. That's worship. That's yeah. Worship, okay? Only he can save. I hope you have a plan to save us. I, I heard a video. This, is, this has been pretty fun, just sort of ragging on Trump. And obviously yes. they, they built a graven image to him, and then they start worshiping him as a god. And... They're bowing themselves down to them and serving him and not serving the Lord. But you know what? He got a tax cut passed. So, you know, omnipotence and omniscience, a tax cut, same thing, right? Omnipotent, omniscient. He's omnipotent. God's omnipotent and omniscient, but Trump got a tax cut passed. When was the last time God got you a tax cut? <laughs> Trump could say that. <laughs> Thou should not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. That seems, I don't know. The 10th the is, thou shalt not uh, covet your neighbor's wife or a porn star. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of my, it's boggling, mind-boggling, right? A little bit. It is. It's remarkable uh, when you think of it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Now, is wow. being outraged, doing things that will outrage. I mean, I'm sure he didn't sleep with that porn star because he thought it would be a hilarious story that would enrage people. But he was able to weather that storm. Remember Gary Hart? 
Yeah. He lost his chance at the presidency because he had sex with his secretary. His secretary, not even a porn star. <laughs> and he didn't yeah. even pay her off $130,000 for her to keep her trap shut. So, I mean, uh, people are talking about Ted Cruz. He yells, freedom, at his speech today. Yeah. And yeah. they're comparing it to Howard Dean. Do you remember Howard Dean? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Howard Dean scream. From the Watergate? No, uh, Howard Dean was a p- political candidate in 2004. I'll find the Howard Dean scream. Okay. Yep. The well, scre- the- All right, here we go. Okay. He was he won, I think, New Hampshire or something. Uh, oh, no, he got third place in the Iowa caucuses. And he got out and he gave a speech. And he screamed at the end of his speech, and it cost him the election. Oh, hold on. You share the audio. Well, you guys. Share the video. You have already got the picture here. There's no video. I I was about to say, you know, I'm sure there's some disappointed people here. You know what? Share your screen. Here we go. You know something? If you had told us one year ago that we were going to come in third in Iowa, we would have given anything for that. And you know something? You know something? Not only are we going to New Hampshire, Tom Harkin, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. that tanked his candidacy why because he uh people thought it was unprecedented for someone to scream like that oh really Uh uh-huh wow that's interesting Mm mm-hmm Okay, I have you here, but you're frozen. Oh, never mind. It's back. Good. I fixed it. Yeah. So it was unpresidential to scream like that in a speech, but it's not unpresidential to pay a porn star $130,000 to keep her trap shut till after the election. It's fascinating. We're in a different place. And We are. And Trump, Trump is... Oh, I'm frozen now. Yeah, you are frozen. Trump has, Trump has changed things. He has, that's one thing he's done. He's changed things. He's tapped into the emotion of a large segment of the population that do not care. Notice what, what uh, Ted Cruz said. The, what did he say? The degenerates or whatever? The, the degenerates. The deplorables? Deplorables. Yeah, the deplorables. So it's fine. Call me that because they get attention. And I think it's it's the uh, it's this uh, I want attention uh, uh, mentality of our of our society. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that I want attention. How do you get attention? By saying lies. Well, deplorables you know, by... is what what uh, Hillary Clinton called Trump supporters in 2016 when she was running for the president. She said, That's some, right. some Trump supporters are good people, but a lot of them fit into a basket of deplorables. Yeah. But as it turned out, there was a lot of people that she would put in that category. But a lot of these people, they don't care. They, they, they want, I, I call it attention. They want attention. They want to follow someone that's deplorable because then they're going to get attention. That's the best way to get attention. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you could find, I think it was CNN. Remember the the uh, I have two words to answer that, that oh, yeah. question. I don't think I'll be able to find that because it's tough to find stuff like that. You know, yeah, I don't think I don't think they posted it, but I can tell you that, that uh, during the the 2016 election, uh, they were um, uh, a commentator was asking one of the persons, one of the Trump supporters. Uh, well, what about this? What about this? What about and Melissa? Two or three things, 
and he says Trump said this, but it was it's a fact that that he he's wrong. Trump said this, but here's a fact that he's wrong. Trump said this is a fact he's wrong. How do you answer that? You know, kind of saying, how do you respond to that? And the guy said, I have two words. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I, I, I go, I don't believe that. And he meant it, too. He says, all that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. All that, and basically, that's politics. You've got to be... It's fascinating how our country works. Well, I think what's fascinating to me with the Conservative Political Action Conference, this is maybe a, my parting thought for the day, is that Trump was coming. And Lindsey Graham said, if we choose Trump as our nominee, it's going to destroy the party and we're going to deserve it. And because he was able to galvanize support, tap into this rage, get people on his side and to the point where 40% of people, 40% of Republicans say they'll stick with the Republican Party if Trump forms his own party. And 60% of Republicans said they'll go with Trump. It is his party. And they all know that. And the thing is, they weren't able to stop him. The party wasn't able to stop him. When you look at the Democratic primary in 2020, Bernie was on a roll. People like Bernie. Bernie talks sense. And especially in an environment where the government is going to have to step forward and provide a lot of services to the people or else the standard of living will undoubtedly go down because of the pandemic and the subsequent economic collapse. Bernie, his message was resonating with people and he was winning. He was about to steamroll everyone. And what happened? The Democratic Party said, we need an establishment candidate. And the seas parted. And right before Super Tuesday, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, they all drop out of the race. But Elizabeth Warren stays in because she's taking progressive votes away from Bernie. And what happens? Biden sweeps Super Tuesday. The Democratic Party had a plan to make sure that an establishment candidate won and not a Democratic Socialist. So the Democratic Party, for as inept as they are, they wouldn't allow someone that wasn't really a Democrat to be their nominee. The Republican Party, you can't say the same for. Mm -hmm. And that's my closing thought. And so now the Conservative Political Action Committee or conference is all about Trump. But the thing about it is that Trump isn't conservative and he doesn't take action on anything. No. Lindsey Graham was right. Mm -hmm. Essentially, Lindsey Graham was right. He knew what he was talking about. And he was right. Mm -hmm. Definitely right. But it's kind of hard to buck something so powerful. And I think, again, Trump has tapped into something that it was fascinating and also scary. Scary. Where he, what if he had succeeded in going in what if those those rioters had actually got into uh, the uh, where, where the votes were being made into the main main hall? What if they'd gotten in there? Yeah. What if they'd killed if they had got, Congress people? What, what if they actually did kill Congress? They killed. What if they killed Pence? God forbid. But and it, they says we we're turning we're we're turning it over. What would Trump have done? Yeah. Would Trump have defended them because, hey, that's what the people want? Well, they did that's kill a cop. That's not what the people want. They did kill a cop. They, and they it's did like, kill a cop. My question but they is. Didn't over, but they didn't overturn the vote. Yeah. What if they killed people and overturned the vote? What would Trump have done? Accepted it? Yeah. That's a good question. Scary. Scary. Because the, the answer is probably, right? Probably. I mean, I mean, he has from day one, he says, this is me. I'll do anything to win. I'll even destroy our country and destroy the Republican. Well, he has like Lindsey Graham is right. He's destroyed the Republican Party. It's no longer the Republican Party. And I, I fully believe in a two party system. I support both parties, true parties. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't 
support Trumpism or that type of stuff. So because it's not based on truth, it's it's not based on perspective, judgment and a way to uh, run a country. It's based on a demagogue. Demagogue wants to have a dictatorship in our country. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is about today. I think that it's important for us just to say, yeah, it's a joke. This golden calf is a joke, I guess. You know, whoever decided that it would be funny to put this at CPAC. They don't think that he's a god, and yet they're erecting a golden idol to him. And they do basically worship him. But we can say wholeheartedly that we've been reading the Gospels. (laughs) And Jesus explicitly says, don't do that. That's right. He, uh, in the book of Mark, he explicitly says, don't do that. And he doesn't say, don't do that unless it's a joke. He says, don't do that, period. And that's, you know, this is an episode about, it's a shorter episode, but it's about the golden calf. And people were quick to point it out, like, I don't know if that's, like, the best look, you know. But the Bible says don't do that. So that's just, that's my parting thought on this whole golden calf issue. Well, in Genesis, when they brought, when, when Moses came down and saw the golden calf mm-hmm. that they made, a golden bull, calf, whatever it was, the golden idol that they made out of gold, because they had the gold, mm-hmm. uh, they were celebrating. They were partying. They were saying, oh, we're just having fun. We're just having fun. And basically, when Moses saw that, he said, this is not, this is not a joke. This is not fun. So, so you could say, well, what they did at CPAC, well, that, that was just a joke. That was just being funny. No, it's not. No, it's not. You don't joke about those things. Oh, I got to go to a different browser to get to Twitter. Uh, I do want to share one more thing that I saw today. Okay. It was Jim Acosta. Here we go. And I'll try to get you sound. That wasn't as compelling as I thought. They were chanting, CNN sucks. And, oh, wow. And then a lady said, get him, get him. And the fascinating thing, I just I didn't choose the right clip, I guess. But the fascinating thing yeah. is... That's it there. Yeah. That's it there. CNN sucks. Fake news. Jim Costa is fake news. Oh, so hey, how you doing? What's going on? Hey. I see, I see you got a big thing. Yeah, yeah. There we go. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah, again, <laughs> one of the... What, what our country has fought for, which makes us different, which gives us freedom... Is it is, it, is, it, is the uh, Bill of Rights? It's the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and a freedom of a free press. Yeah. The fascinating thing to me was I saw that and I'm like, ah, it's uh, kind of makes the Republicans look childish and unnecessarily confrontational. 
And then I looked at the replies and it was nothing but people cheering on the conference goers. Saying, look at this, I love this. Yeah, CNN does suck. And uh, I guess maybe because it was, you know, a nonviolent resistance to, you know, if you don't like the truth, well, it's like Stephen Colbert said when he addressed the White House Correspondents' Dinner, that the truth has a well-known liberal bias. So I think that's what's happening in America. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's sad, but I don't know. It's like people behaving badly, and then you cheer that on. And Ted Cruz saying 75 million people are ready to go to battle for President Trump. And it's like, do you remember what happened uh, last month, you know, six weeks ago? They did go to battle for him. And a, and a cop got killed. And it just seems like they've learned, Ted Cruz has learned, you don't really apologize. You just you crack jokes about it. You just move on. And the fascinating thing about life is Ted Cruz is still a senator. And Al Franken isn't. I mean, some people have shame and some people don't. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a bad window to the fabric of the integrity and the morality of our nation. Yeah. They'll follow lies. They'll follow immorality. But those people, do you think they're the most hardcore? If you're going to CPAC, I mean, not, maybe not as hardcore as the Capitol rioters, but you're the... I'm sure some of those people funded the Capitol riots that are at that conference. Well, well way back when, I said, you know, this Trump back in 2016 when he won, I thought, he, he can't win. Look at this guy. You know, kind of what Lindsey Graham said. This, no, look at this guy. But when he won, what I thought at that time was, wow, I did not expect that. This is not logical. This is reality. Mm -hmm. And reality sometimes is not logical. Yeah. And what happens here is he's tapped into something. He's tapped into something in our country that we need to study. We need to look at. We need to get we need to get down and dirty and actually understand what's happening because he's tapped into something that's that's very very dangerous yeah and i can't help i can't help but think i don't want to name other countries or other civilizations but you can't help but look at history look at history of other civilizations that has been great nobody could beat them they were the strongest in the in the known world and they fell how do they fall? They fell from within. Well, I think also, you know, <clears throat> there's not a day. One day you're on top, the next day you're on the bottom. It's 100 years. It's, it's a decline right. that takes a long time. And we do have powerful adversaries, especially China. But the European Union, <clears throat> as an economic bloc, will match our economic power if they don't already. I, I don't know how big the European Union is in gross domestic product. Mm -hmm and how that compares with the United States gross domestic product. However, just because someone is as big as you doesn't mean they have to be an adversary. Our lives would be fundamentally different if we didn't import goods from China and pay low prices for them. So China affects our lives, and most people, we think of them as our greatest adversary, but on a day-to-day -day basis, China affects your life positively. Your ability to... I'm wearing this hoodie. I got it from Walmart. It cost me $9. Do you think this would have cost $9 if it was made at a factory in Colorado Springs? No, it was made at a factory in Shenzhen. That's why it's so cheap. Uh, so for, for the most part, our relationship with China is beneficial to me on a very material level, literally. So, but when you talk about the decline of a society, how did societies go down? It's interesting to look at demagogues because if you take a look at Joseph Stalin in the Soviet Union, the United States over a period of time was able to develop uh, greater capabilities in the Soviet Union and outpace them economically and then eventually outpace them militarily. And the Soviet Union fizzled out. They were 
unable to re remain the world's bipolar other superpower. Now, do you think that the Soviet Union might have had an easier time keeping up with America if in the 50s and the 60s they didn't have the Kolkos, they didn't have the Gulag, they weren't sending thousands and thousands of Russians who spoke out against the government to prison camps. They weren't collectivizing farming and watching tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people die because keeping them alive was inconvenient. I think that the reason why that was allowed to go on is because they had a ruler who was a supreme leader. And no one would tell him what you're doing is wrong. Whereas here in America, you have someone that does wrong, they vote him out of office. And so the cult of personality has a harder time taking hold in America because a, a president can only hold office for eight years. That's, there's an amendment to the Constitution that says that. And in Russia, or let's say in modern-day China, you have Xi Jinping. You, know, you had Hu Jintao, then Xi Jinping takes over. And uh, Hu Jintao took over for Zheng Jimin. And every time there's a cleaning a house, but there was some sort of apparatus within the Communist Party that had changing leadership. Well, you have China or Russia, Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin, they get in and they say, you know what? I don't think I want to relinquish power. And then they don't. Vladimir Putin was elected at the same time George Bush was elected the first time. Here we are 21 years later, and you know why he hasn't left power? Because he didn't really feel like it. Now, do you think that's benefited Russia? Or do you think that's been to their detriment? It's, it's fascinating to look at stuff like that. But in Russia, if you ask people his approval rating, I think it's still pretty high because there is a cult of personality around him. And if you ask people in China of Xi Jinping's approval rating, it's high. Of course, I don't know if you're allowed to say that you don't approve of him in China, but I think he's trying to develop a cult of personality around himself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that one person can't be a great leader for 30 or 40 or 50 years, but I think that having that cult of personality makes up for a multitude of flaws that you may have. Like in the case of Stalin, let's send all these people Let's have 5 million people die under my watch because I'm not a good enough leader to be compassionate enough to keep them alive. That's bad. I think, I think 5 million people dying is bad. That's my take on the, <laughs> the situation in Soviet Russia. Well, well, philosophically, or I don't know what the word would be, but when you talk about a country, if you have a dictator or you have a like we the people, either democracy, republic, where, where the people have a say, freedom of speech. A whole country and millions of people are going to be much more powerful than one person, no matter how powerful they are. Mm -hmm. And that's just on the basic core fundamental press precepts. I think that's why America has been so great, because it's we the people. And so if you have, and what Trump was doing, I'll be really honest and straightforward. What Trump is doing is, is I don't want we the people. I want only the people who support me. And so he's taking we the people and he's collapsing it down just to the people who support him. And so what he was doing is undermining uh, our freedom of speaking out what we want to speak, freedom of speech and freedom of dissidence. And so, and so, how far did it go? The Congress was going to certify a vote against him. So therefore, he's attacking it. Mm -hmm. Or his supporters attacked it. He didn't physically attack well, it. His, his support, well, his supporters attacked it, but he said, we're, we're going, going to go there, there. And I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And what he, meant by, what he meant by I'll be with and, you is, I'm going to go to the basement of the White House and watch this on TV. So... We're taking back our country. Yeah. So how could you trust anything he says? <laughs> he lied to him. Because it's emotion. They they want to be noticed. They want to be, hey, look, look what I'm doing. He didn't, I'm doing this. He didn't issue a single pardon for any of them. And 
The funny thing is, you know, all of his supporters, they ransack the Capitol, they rub poop on the walls, they bring in the Confederate flag, they chant, hang Mike Pence. And what do they get in response for it from the Trump lovers? They get called Antifa. <laughs> how, how crazy would that be? You know, you go... Uh, you go to a Broncos game, you get season tickets, and you go for 30 years every day. You have every piece of Broncos memorabilia that ever came out. And then, uh, you know, on your 30th year of season tickets, you go to the tattoo parlor and you get a giant Bronco tattooed across your chest. And you go up to the coach of the, you go up to John Elway, and you say, John, check out my tattoo. And he says, I don't believe that you're a Broncos fan. I think that you're a Raiders fan. And then he turns his back on you. And he's like, don't talk to me ever again. He'd say, John, John, I'm the biggest Broncos fan there is. He's like, no, you're a Raiders fan. That, that's basically what Trump did to the Capitol rioters. It, yep, yep, he did. Anyway, it, it's, <laughs> but to me, I mean, you can, you can look at Trump and say that he's, look what he did. Mm-hmm. But to me, I keep thinking, why did these people do that? And there's an element, not just in Washington at that at the January 6th, but across America. There's something there that that uh, has been dormant and that is alive now. And I'm not really sure what it is. Yeah, neither do I. But it's scary. We're not going to solve it on this podcast, but I think it's important to talk about it every now and then. I don't like Trump said about coronavirus. You cannot let politics dominate your life. I think it's important to think about. It's important to discuss. It's important to contextualize. It's important to form your own opinions. But it should not be a substitute for getting out there and living and doing the things you love and spending time with the people that you want to spend time with. That's right. That's right. So that's all I want to say as we leave. Do you have anything you want to say to wrap this up? Cue the music. It's playing. (laughs) Keep on talking. But, but when you talk, listen more than you talk and try to understand what the other people are saying. That's all, everyone. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs>